Hey everyone, and welcome to The Kodakery. I'm Megan. And I'm Steve. Joining us this week is LA-based photographer Justin Chung. We talk with Justin about his book series, Faculty Department, how he got his start in photography, and why film is a part of all of his shoots. So, let's jump into The Kodakery and talk with Justin. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. I'm excited for everybody to learn about your work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is truly an honor. Where are you? Are you in LA? That's what your Skype said. Yeah, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, I used to live in New York for about eight years. And then um, recently, like when my wife and I, we had, uh, were expecting. I'm originally from California, so we, we kind of wanted to be around family. So wow, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. So we wanted to talk to you about... Um, your a lot of things, but your recent book, Faculty Department. Well, actually, it came out. What were you just twenty fifteen? Twenty fifteen. Yeah. So, what is the faculty department? If you were to, to explain it to somebody who's never never held it in their hands, never seen it, and doesn't know anything about it. Um, yeah. Before I dive in and what the book's about, just to give some context, is um, before I was a photographer, I was kind of on this path to pursue medicine, and now jumping to now as a photographer. As I was working on um, like kind of personal projects, personal photo essays, and kind of figuring out how I can tie in that previous journey of of health and medicine and being a doctor, hopefully, or one day, uh, I wanted to make a book that kind of was my current faculty, like the people who I was turning to for information or for inspiration, or if I wanted to learn woodworking, like how would that look like? And I wanted to carve out like my what my fall or you know, spring semester would look like in photography. So this is pretty much like my, I guess, first semester kind of project book where it's kind of diving into these different professions or careers or visuals that I turn to for inspiration and kind of like put put in a form of like a textbook that kind of how I see information from my previous experience in grad school. Cool. And in the preface of your book, you mentioned how this gentleman, Thomas LeHoe, was sort of the the first guy that got this going how how are you were you finding the rest there's 13 people at least in the first edition how did you find them did you know them already were you seeking them out or were they already in your faculty department (laughs) great question so yes i just started with tomas and how we evolved the, the subjects was mostly through word of mouth or friends of friends or my friends just to give some context of how i met tomas is that I was on a shoot for a month in Paris, and it was this like project, social media project called Like Nothing Else, where I was in Paris for a month to kind of document kind of this like Like Nothing Else experience. And while I was there, I was really inspired by just like the people I was able to meet. And one of the first people we met, I was I was in Paris with my friend Sean, um, who's a writer in New York, who wrote a lot of the book with me, and we got to meet Tomas as he just opened up his coffee shop. It was like, I think he was, if I remember correctly, when I first met him, he was just kind of finishing like the paint on the walls. <laughs> and, and the reason actually how that story really evolved was toward the tail end of our trip, I was getting ready to head back to New York and um, we were not able to actually get back home. Um, Hurricane Sandy unfortunately hit during the time of our departure. So we ended up going, Sean and I ended up going back to Tomas's Cafe 10 Bells quite regularly because it was kind of the one of the few places that we kind of visited um, on a, once it opened, we were there kind of frequently. Mm. And 
we able we were able to then kind of build this like great friendship with Tomas because he kind of just hosted us, entertained <laughs> us while we just didn't know how much longer we were going to be right. Paris for. So it, it enabled me to kind of really kind of get to know him and also kind of this is a really exciting time in his life and how how of an experience it was to be taking photos for him or like of that moment. Yeah. With that, did you know like from that moment like oh I want to turn this into a book and I want to like interview more people and take photos of more people or was it just like you taking these images during this exciting time in his life and then sitting on them for a while and then being like oh I should I should do something with this. It didn't really hit me for a book. It was just like wow, this was like a really great learning experience to really get to know an entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit of like this coffee shop and how and it, it start I was able to kind of be there right at the start of it uh, but it didn't really hit me for the book um, for a book or any project for that matter it was just like a really inspiring moment and kind of a, a learning moment for me because I'm a photographer and that's why that's my career but I'm also so interested in their careers and other lifestyles that I think that's what really inspires me the most and what actually happened though is um, I had another job for J. Crew, maybe about a year or so after that that assignment, where I went to Japan for the first time, and that's actually where I really kind of was able to kind of kick this book into like a higher gear. Um, I I um, before I left to go to Japan, I went to this Japanese bookstore to just kind of do some like background research and get some magazines and all that in New York. And I picked up this book. It just said truck on it. <laughs> it said truck. And it was just like this beautiful visual diary, though, of this furniture business named Truck Furniture. It was like this like beautiful cataloged diary of how they created their business from like installing the wooden floors to painting their walls to kind of like their cafe that they built. And um, it hit me that I was like, when I get there, I definitely want to visit this place. So when I got there, I actually emailed their contact and was able to meet the owner at like a 10 a.m. kind of coffee thing. And it was one of those things where we spent the whole day together until we had dinner. And then <laughs> I came back home, though, and I had this like, I mean, 10, 15 rolls of, of, of uh, photography that I was like, I, I need to put this somewhere. This can't just like go somewhere like on the Internet or I, I needed to put this in a more meaningful, yeah, express it in a different way. And um, because the the time I spent with Truck Furniture, it was very intimate for me because the the place is incredibly special. You get there, there's like the showroom. Underneath the showroom is the manufacturer where they build the furniture. So everything's built on site. And they have like a little coffee wing. And it's kind of like you're entering this like world and this different kind of of world. It was such an eye-opening experience that um, I definitely wanted to showcase that story in a special way. And... After that, I was kind of seeking now. I was looking to kind of, I was yearning for more of these kind of experiences and stories. So that's where I went and turned to like my close friends and and colleagues and, and kind of like kept building on the book from there. And so there's, you know, a little story about um, how he, how you met them and sort of their, a little bit about their background, how they got into what they were doing and how did you write those stories? You mentioned that Sean helped you, your friend Sean had been working with you to write, you know, what was that process like in, in putting that down on paper? So I worked with, I think like five or six different writers for the first book and um, we're working on the next book and it's going to, I think have about nine contributors. But the reason why I really wanted to work with writers is first off, when I was living in New York, 
as I started to do more editorial assignments and working in the magazine space, I started to get to know a lot of writers and I thought it would just be such a great way to collaborate with my peers to like work on this photo project with them because um, as much as I, I, I think I'm a great writer, I, I think that some of these, my, my friends, when, when I read their essays, it just like brings so much light to the photos. So I definitely wanted to kind of keep that collaboration going. And yeah, it was kind of like, again, it was kind of like the whole book was just like a, a project of me working closely with, I guess, the, my colleagues. Right. So f- we'll take this truck furniture, for example, because you were over there in, was it Japan, you said? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you're the one, you know, talking with them. And but then you came home and sort of like shared the story with um, like with your writers and and together you guys all worked to um, to write this story. Oh, you're talking like more like the, the workflow of it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, it was it was more of like a. I see it more as like research documents. So it was like I went and I photographed truck furniture and I came back with these scans and I had them like on my desk for a long time as like, like you were kind of saying, like I would share these stories. But for a while, it was one of those things where I didn't really want to talk about the stories and I wanted to show people the stories. So mm. what I did is I would make like contact sheets of these experiences or like for instance truck and it would sit on my desk and whenever I would like you know have coffee with a friend or a writer I would be like hey check out these photos I took (laughs) it was one of those things where I was like once I confirmed like a writer so that writer was my my friend Kevin I think he at least he actually went just timing wise it worked out perfectly he was able to go to Japan oh wow or he was able to meet him or talk to him in person but it was one of those things where I gave the writers like my little like research document. It was like my contact sheets of my my selects or my overview of that trip, and kind of like some talking points of like that what I took from that trip, and then they carried it away and kind of I wanted them to do their own interpretation or their own approach because I didn't want to to really <clears throat> overshadow their own writing style or their own kind of what they wanted to illuminate from their talk. So I kind of just gave them a little glimpse into the shoot and I guess a summary of like my experience and I let them run with it. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and it's really cool. Like in the book, we have it in front of us right now. I mean, you have like mood boards, you have, uh, you show like how the font was uh, designed, like the typeface was created. There's just like a lot of behind the scenes essentially for the creation process for the book, um, which now we understand took a little bit of time like you you didn't just like rush into this you kind of were able to sit on these things and think about them and and be very intentional about how you went forward and that's really cool the book was designed um actually so like when i was trying to figure out the design process um noticed uh i think it was on instagram or something like that where or social some social media where there was this account called faculty studio that started mm-hmm. like commenting or uh following along in my work and I had this idea about making this book like on my faculty. Yeah. I actually even remember talking about it with my, with Toke of truck furniture and he doesn't even recall, he doesn't even think faculty translates to any, like to that same meaning in Japanese. Oh wow! So he was a little curious what that name meant when I told him like my rough draft idea. Um, but That's I remember funny. on social media there, there was a studio called studio faculty and uh, I noticed that they're a graphic design studio, and I just 
I was like, oh, whoa, is this going to conflict with the book idea that I have coming out like later like, next year or something like that? And um, I ended up uh, working with them on the book, though. They designed the book. Yeah, we yeah. noticed we were going to ask you if it was like coincidence or, or... <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty coincidental. It was kind of also for me just really intuitional. It hit me at the right time where I'm a graphic designer. I didn't know really any graphic designers at the time. Um, only graphic designer I knew was Hamish at the time. This was 2000, I guess 2012, um, 2013, when I was really starting to design the book. And it just worked out. Uh, they designed my portfolio at the time, and then I introduced them to this personal project of mine. And it was such a journey. We We didn't really know how to do a book. So we ended up just, again, turning to our friends and... Um, one of my friends in the book, Angus McIntosh, he he's has a lot of he's done a lot of work with Saturday Surf. It's like a lifestyle yeah. clothing store in New York, and they do a quarterly magazine, and they print everything in Iceland at Audi Printing. So that was a really a really interesting experience. They just connected me with with the owner Martin of Audi Printing, and with, before I know it, like he's emailing me asking if we could set up a meeting. <laughs> It turns out he actually lives like he lived like maybe walking distance away from me, and we were able to meet at our lo- local coffee shop. Oh wow! He, he gave me just like a bunch of sample books, and I was floored. I was like, "This is incredible!" And they printed in Iceland, but he like manages the company up, like from the states. Wow, that's wild. So you didn't have a publisher then? You just did it all yourselves? Uh, well, yeah, I, I really wanted to kind of explore and try to design a book and work on the book, like from beginning to end. Um, I never really uh, was in the mood, I never really was planning on trying to publish it through a publisher just because I wanted to learn how to do it and experience and work closely with the graphic designers without any sort of kind of control or limitations of what we can or cannot do. The only thing it was, it was quite costly, but it was definitely like a labor of love and project. Do you think that desire to want to create it yourself was influenced by the people that are in it, like seeing how they have created these things and whether they're different businesses or the furniture, but like seeing their process, their entrepreneurial spirit, do you think that actually influenced like you in creating this book from scratch, essentially? I think you're totally right. I mean, I never thought of it that way, to be honest, but um, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, meeting these people and kind of getting to know, especially kind of seeing like the, the craftsmanship involved and the work ethic, it made me, I guess, you're right. It makes me want to become more of like body the characteristics of the people in the book. Yeah. So, yeah. And and I think, I mean, in your own way too, um, you're a photographer and you do a lot of commercial work. So you are, you are entrepreneurial in that way. But I think, I, I know like for me, for example, there's, there's something about creating something like where it's not dependent on somebody else or a client necessarily. So it's like your thing and you're creating it. And so I feel like, I'm, I guess we could probably relate in that way, and that's why you it probably led you to being like, I, I want to learn how to do this from scratch, start to finish. You're right, yeah. Was it uh, harder than you thought? I mean, it wasn't as hard as I thought, but I actually I didn't really have any set expectations. Like, I'll give you an example. Cool. Like, went to Iceland, and I meet with the printers. We're, like, doing our first, I guess, first round of, um, like, of, 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 I guess, press check. So we're there to like overlook the colors and make sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's looking to what we are expecting. And I, I still remember it like it's yesterday, like the 
first sheet comes off the press for a press check to make sure that this is the colors and this is the like, this is what we want. And I mean, I, I was like, yeah, it looks great to me. <laughs> <laughs> was was that your first experience in like a print shop situation? First time in a print, like a, yeah. it was a mass. It's it's it, you know it's a it's a pretty like prolific print lab. So it was yeah. one of the, it's not, it wasn't just going to your like local printer down the street. It's you're going to like offset like a printing like studio. Yeah. Seeing like the, the stacks of sheets. I mean, we printed 2,800 copies. So yeah. six pallets of books um, and seeing like the first sheet come off the press and like the printer being like, Hey, what do you think? What, um, what do you want it to do? I literally was like, this is a such a beautiful, almost floored. I didn't know really what to say. And it was, such a um, opening a, a feeling like such a, uh, to see it like come out on like in the press check like that. And yeah. I had literally no feedback for him. I was like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> done. done. <laughs> <laughs> this, yes. Um, so with that, like, so you didn't know like this experience uh, of printing a book. So were they, the printers kind of guiding you like, Oh, you should use offset rather than like digital printing or whatnot. Was were you given a bunch of options, and or was it just kind of like, oh, this is like, this is the project you want to create. Here's Based on what you want to yeah. do. This is what we think you should do. Yeah, I think Martine, uh, Martine from Audi was really helpful because, um, I mean, we're I was very honest with them with him. I was like, hey, I really want to make a book, but I'm I'm self funding it. But he really, I don't I don't know if at the time he did a lot of like self funded like personal photo books. Yeah, a lot of the works that Audi does, from what I gather, are you know, they're pretty like they're commercial books or like, I mean, art books, but like, I think they're like, you know, through publishers and all yeah. that. Um, so he was able to kind of help guide me. I asked him so many questions. So I was really, I'm really grateful of his uh, patience with me and kind of working with me throughout this experience. But he helped us kind of figure out the right book amount that would make sense for an offset printing. He helped consult like paper stock, cover linen options. So I, it wasn't necessarily one of those things where it's like, let's make a book and let's just like, go for it. It was definitely like we had a certain aesthetic and a look in mind and we wanted to figure out how we can like best approach this printing method yeah. aesthetic. And um, so like, I guess the, the graphic design team, studio faculty and I really kind of talked with Martine quite often to kind of figure out the best approach for this. And, um, and once we got that all set, I mean, the printing only took about a week, I think. Nice. So, and, yeah, I love learning that the pictures you, the photographs you took that are in this book, you, um, you didn't know exactly how they would fit within the context of the book. There wasn't an article already written and you were sort of shooting for it, that these are just, this is sort of just your expression of your first interaction with these people. Mm -hmm. And maybe could you explain a little bit about the process of photographing them when you first met them, basically you don't know necessarily these people and you're just like, Hey, can I take pictures of you hanging out in your house or where you work? Or, um, so, you know, what was that like and what was your, uh, work process like? It's a great question. Thanks. So usually it's, I, I personally keep my photo shoots as loose as possible. There's no real like shot list or there's no real like agenda. It's, kind of going with the flow and, and I try to work as collaborative as possible. So if, if the subject was like, Hey, let's shoot here or like, let's go to my house or let's, let's do it. Like, let's not even photograph my space. Let's go somewhere like completely different. I think that's like the beauty within the book is that it's, it's, 
really as much as it is for me, I also want it to be for them. Mm-hmm. So I guess with that said, our, the workflow usually is um, kind of like, yeah, again, keeping it as loose as possible, but then kind of trying to like always find those in-between moments. That's what I'm always yearning for mm-hmm. in within these stories is I really want the viewer reading the book or like for the first time to feel like as though they know the person. So I'm trying to find these ways or these these moments. I, I, I guess I'm trying to study the subjects in a sense of makes them feel most comfortable and then try to find those moments, those in-between moments that really when I when I'm shooting on film and kind of, you know, there's not much of this look, looking behind the screen interaction. It's just, we're in, we're in the moments together. I'm trying to like find those in-between moments that really just capture them so that when I go back, we're not really looking for a ton of images to choose from. Like every image can pretty much Mm. and stands alone by itself. So, so I guess for me, it's like shooting it on film as kind of like a big tool of kind of keeping things really much dialed into the moment and then kind of going with the flow. There's like really no like agenda or shot list. That's great. And my question was going to be how shooting on film influences that, but you answered it. You, you covered that (laughs) right there. Yeah. Um, But that's how long I guess to go back because so you, you went to school for uh, medical studies, you're saying uh, public health. And so were you a photographer then? Or were you just like, were you shooting on film back then? Or how did that come about? Uh, let's see. So I went to UMass Amherst for my master's degree in public health. And I think on the side, I would shoot like weddings or just like personal work. I was like, I was completely just trying to like learn what the camera meant for me or like what this kind of hobby meant for me. It slowly became more and more not a hobby, but to like a complete, like strong interest when I ended up writing my thesis on photography. Oh, wow. Advisor put me onto this kind of project that some, some folks did at Harvard called photo voice, where instead of doing like, like serious statistic based research studies on, on communities, they would rather do more just like art based approaches and initiatives. So like there was this one project called photo voice where they would give their target audience or like their focus group cameras and they would have a dialogue and hopefully bring like raise certain awarenesses or issues that are predominant among them to light. So I ended up actually doing like my own photo voice project as part of my thesis. And, um, when I graduated, I moved back to San Francisco. And after I finished this like really fulfilling project about how I actually was able to merge public health into photography, when I went back home to San Francisco, I kind of really wanted to pursue photography instead of like kind of pushing the, the pre-med or like potentially applying to medical school. And um, so that's where I got, that's how that kind of led. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Looking at photo voice right now, I mean, that's a, that's a really cool tie-in between photography and what you're studying. And that was my first interest and in how I really wanted to like really start pursuing photography seriously. Um, and then let's see, I moved to New York 2011 to really try to kickstart. Or I, I told my girlfriend now wife, but my girlfriend at the time, uh, I told her we had a long talk about like this, you know, photography and what, what does this mean to me and all that. And, 
I, we talked and I was like, what if we just pursued like, you know, three to four months as like a, a trial run in New York, you know, this like her last hurrah to try <laughs> photography would kick off or whatever this thing would mean. And then if it didn't work out, close the books and go back to, you know, figuring out like medicine or whatnot. So uh, February 1st, we moved to New York. This is 2011. And I actually need to start making a photography portfolio. I need to start shooting or I need to start figuring out what this means. But then um, I started shooting film as like, I think similar to what you were saying, Steve, uh, Steve earlier about like how it's just like... A, it, it keeps you like keeps it fun or it keeps it more exciting or i guess it's like it's just more of an enjoyable experience for you mm-hmm. for me when i was shooting i started taking on commercial assignments and I, I realized that like sometimes i'm just like stuck in in the in the computer like for hours editing photos and i kind of wanted to figure out another way to pursue photography on the side not just the commercial work but like maybe a personal thing where it was just more just carefree and in the moment and that's where I got, uh, I'm trying to think of my first film camera. I think it's, I have it with me still. It's like a medium format contacts camera. I ended up shooting most of my book with. Oh, wow. I ended up getting this camera and um, slowly, slowly started introducing this camera into my commercial assignments as like a 50-50 or like, you know, just kind of bringing in a little bit here or there. And um, now it's become like, it's like always with me on set. So um, yeah, so I guess to answer your question, like um, f- film just kind of happened organically as I was kind of evolving within my photography career early on. But it's it's a very now like strong like like I guess um, asset to my to my approach to work. So I guess by May of 2011, you were like, yeah, let's keep doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, okay. So like, let me rewind really quickly to 2011 February. So I land in New York. And I was like, what am I doing? You know, what, what's going on here? I'm not from the East Coast. I don't, right. I've never like really spent much time in New York at all. I needed to make a website. So I go to Craigslist to like look for a portfolio. Like someone helped me design my portfolio. And I find this graphic designer, Hamish Smith. Come on. That's how you found <laughs> Hamish, for listeners that haven't listened to the episode, uh, Hamish has been on the Kodakery with uh, his partner, Jesse, at Order. And they uh, created standards manual. So resume. So yes. I remember we email and um, he tells me he's from like Australia. He's still new to town. And if we if we can work on something together, if we could please meet at like 7 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. And I'm new to New York and I thought that was early. But I but I was like, okay, cool. I guess this is like a New York thing maybe. Hamish <laughs> <laughs> took on an internship uh, at Pentagram. And he would he, to stay true to his hours. He would like try to like meet with um I guess try to pursue other work in the morning. Sorry, I guess after work, and we would we would meet at like seven a.m. and he would start helping you in like graphic design work. I qu- we quickly just became friends, and like that portfolio actually never even happened. We just became friends and started hanging out. <laughs> it turned out we lived in the same neighborhood, and I was a- we were able to kind of like track each other's like journey of our experience in New York um, over the years and. Um, fast forward to now, I was able to uh, photograph him for the upcoming volume. Uh, I spent some time with him in December, and we we're able to kind of like have like a full on like, re- like regroup and all that. It's it's been pretty amazing that yeah. like over the years it came down to like us meeting on Craigslist in 2011. That's so wild. That is the most adorable story ever. <laughs> the, the best Craigslist story. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Usually they're a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> 
remember, like, I mean, we met on Craigslist, we, we became friends, and I still remember, like, he sent out an email saying, hey, guys, I'm releasing this book, the MTA manual. We would love if you guys could pre-order. And I remember I was like, done, I'm pre-ordering this. Then, <laughs> yeah, it's been great to be able to, like, really uh, just, like, you know, recount all those memories. And and um, and, and soon you'll be able to read and, and see his story soon. So, yeah, on that note, uh, the second edition. So you're coming out, you came out with the first one was it 2015 14 2014 okay and then now you're coming out with uh the second faculty department when are you hoping to release that um the book's almost done so we're hoping to release it this september uh will it be in a similar format to the first so this is the thing since um i've been living in california now uh for the past couple years and this has been such a interesting time in my life because i've never really spent much time in California, even though I'm born and raised here, oh wow! Like most of my adult life, I was spent spent in New York. So, as since I've been back, I've been really diving into kind of like the California landscape and the creatives within it. So, as I was working on the next book, I realized that, huh, I feel like I'm having a lot of California subjects within the book. So, what we're doing is we're kind of breaking it up into two different books. So, it's gonna have oh wow gonna have like a California portfolio section that's the dedicating that's more dedicated to like the creatives or the stories within California but then there's gonna be still like the similar kind of treatment of the first one where it has like this kind of like um uh, I guess people that I've gotten to meet all over the world that's, cool. that's amazing yeah. yeah well we're looking forward to also seeing that one because uh yeah this one the first edition is beautiful yeah it turned out really great yeah thank you you mentioned how film photography is in your arsenal now for commercial work. What are commercial uh, brands, what are they looking for in a photography shoot? Are they asking for film or are you saying, I think this should be shot on film? What's that conversation like? I feel like it's some, some assignments they like, they specifically like request, like, can we please have this kind of look to it? Because it's more, I think a technical thing on the deliverables for instance, like uh, to make sure it, with that in mind, you'll need to know that it'll take a couple of days afterwards to see the images, and then uh, after that to get like the final for, for for a certain type of scan, it'll take additional time. So I think when a client expects film, they're also expecting kind of a certain delivery schedule and a different workflow. Um, so that's like one set of expectations. Uh, on the other hand, if it's like a a commercial assignment. Um, that doesn't really say anything specifically. Um, I definitely will have to mention that, like, I, I tend to shoot both. But the schedule, the schedule for deliverables is like you get the digitals quite, you know, quite yeah. quick, uh, pretty quickly, and, and and the next stage would be the films. So it's, I guess, it really depends from client to client. It, it really ultimately for them is how fast they need the photos. Right. So, but. Uh, to answer your question more specifically, um, I, I shoot both on all assignments. Mm-hmm. The clients are requesting digital or whatnot. It's it's something like still that I bring and I work. It's how I work. So um, it's not really a question of if it's going to be film or digital. It, I tend to shoot both, I guess I would have to say. Or if the job entails for film only, then we just run with that. Right. That's cool. And one thing that we didn't really touch on at all um, so far, I mean, your client work that you've done, I mean, you've worked with brands like uh, J. Crew, Club Monaco, Jockey, and then your work is also seen in a lot of different publications, uh, GQ, 
kinfolk uh serial which serial when they redesigned was that that was studio faculty faculty that works on serial too that's my friend those are all my friends i love it i yeah. love seeing them all like kind of work together yeah that's so cool and so i mean with your approach to faculty department was that influenced by commercial work at all would you would you see like kind of how you approach your commercial jobs uh, or like editorial jobs and take that same approach or i guess megan mentioned earlier sometimes you have a story that you know you're on assignment for um and there's writing already perhaps and then you are supposed to get the photos for it uh i see uh that's a good question so it's kind of i think what you're asking is like how do i i guess set, set uh how do i approach the or how do i get influenced from editorial to commercial to personal work yeah yeah yes that's <laughs> The, the, my long that's a win- better question yes we could i could say that again <laughs> but yes uh how, <laughs> no how, all good how um, does that differ yeah i guess i i guess as a photographer i guess i have to kind of understand in certain aesthetics and certain expectations of what deliverables are needed so for instance if it's a sexual shoot um go, going in going into the shoot kind of there are certain like brackets of photography that kind of have to bring into it. Um, with that, with that aside, when I work on the book, I think it's like there's there's no like there's no set agenda or like kind of commercial. I, I guess there's nothing really there. It's just kind of like really focusing on the person and kind of building the story with them together. So I guess the commercial work helps me understand set like scenarios that are like bad for lighting and things that like, I know it's not going to photograph well. So it helps me filter, like, I guess, um, uh, helping understand a scene, but I don't think it really helps determine like the kind of photography style or like the photography, like the, the way a photo shoot is taken or is approached, but then how that differs, I would say the book, the personal work and editorial are, have like a very, similar approach though because i think when you're photographing editorial assignments you really want to bring in your own kind of point of view so Mm -hmm. i I think those kind of work in harmony like personal work and editorial work and all that yeah in the um in the preface for the your first faculty department issue you talked about or you mentioned that photography is often looked at as a self-reflecting mirror and I and I liked that, and um and I wondered if if knowing that if you ever look at your own work in that way and 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 if doing so does that help push your your craft forward? Are you able to learn things about yourself and and grow from there? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, uh, every time I take a photograph, I feel like let's say I'm photographing a friend. I feel like that photo represents like our friendship. I can see the layers in it or like um, even if potentially it's, an, it's like a, a new person I would, I would just meet. I'm the photograph kind of represents that time. And as we kind of k- take more photos, I feel like there were like, there's like more depth in the imagery. So I definitely f- see like a reflection in it, but as I kind of worked on my book and as I, um, as I've been pursuing like the curiosities of like these like different lifestyles over the years, I definitely find that the book is helping me understand, I guess more like lifestyle, like how do I want to live or how do I want to approach my work or like going back to truck furniture, talking about 
that story I, I, I shot in Japan years ago, seeing how much attention he had to the details and I guess the amount of focus toward, I guess, creating a space and creating a, a, a world, I wanted to emulate that in my photography. So I was trying to, I guess, to answer your question, like that reflection of like bringing that aesthetic and embodying that into my craft. And I feel like it's, uh, that's how I'm kind of, how I kind of move forward with the photography and, and, and that, and that aesthetic. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So for faculty department, so it's been, uh, so 2014 and now it's 2019. So five years since the first one came out is when you're releasing this. Do you have plans for, to keep this going? Is this, is this something that you, you want to make this a series uh, ongoing or is it just kind of, is, is there a set rhythm that you're trying to achieve or is it just kind of as it happens? Uh, that's a great question. I actually talked about this with Hamish when I was in New York not too long ago. And he kind of attributes it to like the book being like, for me, my personal like Olympics. It's like every four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like this is such a personal endeavor and journey that th- there really is no, there is no like formula or some sort of like, um, I guess, agenda that we have. Uh, it happens to be there happened to be more of a hiatus than we thought for, mm. for this book to get released. Partly it was because like my wife and I relocated to California and this whole like I guess the, uh, me having a kid that changed and stalled the book a little bit longer than we thought. Yeah, but um, definitely I think the plan right now is to to tell more stories more frequently, like through I guess our web website that we're releasing soon. Um, just because the book, as much as like it's such a passion project, um, as you'll read in the next books coming soon, is that sometimes it, since it takes like four or five years to make, some of these people, some of the stories have such drastic changes in their in in these stories that we can't keep up with these changes anymore because the book takes so long to produce. Mm. So I mean, even though this book is not like a magazine where like it needs to be kind of relevant and current yeah. um, when it comes out. It has more of like a, uh, an ever kind of I'm approaching it more of like as evergreen content. Yeah. Um, it would be great to kind of uh, illuminate and tell these stories and have it be be able to be shared uh, in a quicker manner. For instance, like I photographed my friends who I think in 2015 or 2016 they created a, a home goods like lifestyle store in Los Angeles. But by the time the book will come out, they've already kind of transitioned to another project. So. Oh, wow. It would have been great to be able to give light to that that store when it was out. Right, right. Do you know any of the details about the website for faculty department? Do you? There's there is a site. It's yeah. just that you're. Gonna, yeah. The new site's going to come out, like I believe, in like the next week or so. Oh wow! So we'll have uh, we'll be sure to point to it as part of when we have this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Really enjoyed this book. I. Um... As you'll soon know, <laughs> I have a daughter who's um, 16 months old, and um, the amount of time I get to sit down and read a book, <laughs> it's limited. Um, so I I really enjoyed the time that I spent with this book, and I felt like it was worth the time that I took because mm. I don't have a lot, because I was inspired by these people as well, just as you were. Um, so how if anybody wants to um, purchase the book, where should they go? Uh, they can go to the website, um, which is uh, faculty department or faculty dot com. Cool. Um, and we'll we'll have a link in the show description as well. Yeah. 
but I guess we'll just uh, wrap it up and just say thank you so much for, for talking with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Looking forward to it. It is a great satisfaction to be able to speak to you through the medium of this wonderful invention.